Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Hi, welcome back to The Grind, everybody. Uh, We're so glad you decided to join us again. I am Dave McClung, and with me, let's see, what kind of... of, The adjectiveless Chad Grigsby. The adjectiveless Chad Grigsby. I have to come up with something. Adjectiveless. Uh, I think last episode it was unfathomable. Uh, It's hard to top that. The depths of you, you know, that people don't know uh, are unfathomable. I would say that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or uninteresting. Yeah. Those are other words that come up for the the, depths of me. Yeah, the the man who wasn't there, you know. Yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) Have you ever seen that movie with Bill Murray, The Man Who Knew Too Little? Yes. Such a great movie. And uh, because I'm a big Bill Murray fan. Yeah. I, I recently saw an interview with him about Groundhog Day, which was really fascinating. Oh, yeah? Him just talking about how it's lasted for years and years uh, and years. And I mean, every Groundhog Day, it's on yep. usually multiple times, which is ironic. I watched it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Back to back. Yeah. I watched it uh, yeah. uh, last week, actually. It's it was such on. A good movie. It's one of those when it comes on, I just have to stop and watch. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just, it's such a great and it's movie. It's become a cultural metaphor. <laughs> it has. That's oh, right. absolutely. Somebody, oh, it's Groundhog Day. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so we're past Groundhog Day now, but uh, never past the, the love for the movie. Yeah. And so, well, we're excited to have in studio the the ABSC Dungeon Podcast Studio, John McCallum, pastor at First Baptist Hot Springs with us. What's up, John? Well, not much. Thanks for the invitation. Glad I could uh, come. Glad you, you would invite me to be a part of this. John is one of the most spiritual, most emotionally healthy leaders we know. And so... <laughs> I know he's going to disagree Just with this. Just like I wrote it. But, <laughs> Thank you. He, he paid us well to say that. And, yeah. uh, no, I, I tell you, I'll, I'll, we'll give kind of background for this particular podcast. Yeah. Uh, Chad and I both have been reading a book called Emotionally Healthy Leader by Peter Peter Scazzaro. Pete Scazzaro is easier to say than Peter Scazzaro, mm-hmm. in case you were wondering. That's why I stumbled on it the first time. And so uh, it has, uh, this book has really gripped us. And, and some of you saw you know, my Facebook post the other day about the quote that my being with, with God was not sufficient to sustain my doing for God. Yeah. And just the whole idea of maintaining that deep, intimate relationship with Christ to be able to sustain all the things that that we're you know attempting for Him and and uh, and things He's asking of us as well. And so this book really has. I'm actually working back through it a second time now and taking some notes and really trying to build in some practices to help me be a more emotionally stable, emotionally healthy leader. And uh, so Chad and I've been talking back and forth about this book and with others as well. And and so there are some guys around our state that I, I would look at and say, okay, here's a guy that's got some things together. And uh, now he would probably say, you just don't see beyond the surface. And so, but John is one of these guys I've watched for a while, and I he's you know led leads a great church in Hot Springs and First Baptist Hot Springs. You know, with a with a great staff, is he, he seems to be able to balance you know amazingly physically fit. I mean, this guy will just make you sick watching him do pull-ups and push-ups and stuff. And uh, and and just a deep walk with Christ. And, and somebody and actually I, interacted with your post, right? And yes, it, it did. did. And that yes. kind of how the conversation got started. Yeah, and we want yeah. to unpack your, your NO uh, acronym there and, and yeah. a little bit and yeah. how you maintain balance in life and ministry. And so, so really, I mean, this has been a question that Chad and I both have wrestled with pretty heavy. I'm a... I'm I'm very quick to do and and engage things. I'm not always as quick to be with Christ. You're and a so human doing, not a I'm human. I'm a human doing, not a human being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I'm trying to become uh, better at that. And so um, you know, my dad has always been one of those guys that just had this deep walk of Christ that informed everything he did. Uh, Bill Elif is another one that I mm-hmm. see that in, and and John, I see the same thing with John, and I've watched him now for several years, and and admire greatly, and so we wanted you guys to hear from John, and and we're going to kind of dive into this topic a little bit, 
and uh, uh, unpack some of this stuff with him and kind of see, you know, how his practices have helped him, spiritual disciplines have helped him, you maintain a long, healthy ministry. Because uh, you've been at First Hot Springs how long now? Well, just uh, two or three months shy of 23 years. Okay, yeah. So, oh, 23 years. So, and then in ministry, how long? Total. Well, I haven't had a non-church job since 1975. <laughs> okay, so and I've been a lead pastor since '82. Okay, just two churches in 36 years wow. of pastoring. Wow, wow, yeah, and that's so rare anymore. I think the average church stay for a pastor is a year and a half mm. now. Now that's you know, obviously average is you know both extremes, but uh, <laughs> there are some that didn't even make it that. But uh, but so you know to to have that long tenure of a ministry and then to be so prominent in, in one location for you know so long is is really some incredible stuff. Mm. So so talk about some of the things you discovered over the years that have kind of helped you maintain balance in ministry, life in ministry to to be able to sustain that kind of ministry in one place for so long like okay. that. Well, when you when you sent me the question and I read it, my first thought was why do you assume I'm able to balance <laughs> and maintain my ministry? Yeah, yeah. Watching um, from afar, I yeah. see balance. And then when I read it to my wife, she laughed out loud. <laughs> um, hey, listen, maybe we, we, we should interview her. We accept what not to do as well as what yeah. to yeah. do. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. We're good. This well, is a safe place. <laughs> I feel like when it comes to my ministry... I balance that really well in terms of my pastoral ministry, my teaching, preaching, my leading, my pastoral care. All of that I feel like I keep in really good balance. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my comfort zone. But balancing everything else, family, yeah. community, all of that has always been a little elusive for me and a little mm-hmm. bit of a struggle. Yeah. I think some of that is because I'm I'm old. <laughs> and I'm old school. Yeah. And, you know, my generation just, uh, man, you just dove into the work and, and you mm. just did it. And you yeah. didn't worry about much anything else. Yeah. Um, so I've never done that well. Uh, my kids think I did great. You know, they're 37 and 35 now. They think I, they, they think I did better than I think I did myself. Yeah. But that's yeah. one of the nice things about being a pastor is sometimes you can cut away in the day to go see a school event or go visit them sure. for lunch at school, whereas some people... In their jobs cannot do that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. and a pastor can kind of dictate, you know, his schedule so that he can work some things around when he knows things in advance. So my kids feel like I did uh, really well, mm-hmm. and my wife has uh, been very supportive. She feels as called to this as uh, I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, she does try to reel me in sometimes and yeah. needs to. Yeah, um, because it's so easy for me. I default to work. I default to choosing ministry. Yeah. Um, what's always been hard for me, I grew up in a family that never took vacations. So Mm -hmm. I've never, I've probably never taken my whole vacation in my life. My wife does not like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I struggle even with days off. Yeah. Taking a, I always get some of it, but I don't always get all of it. Yeah. I feel like I'm a pastor. If somebody can only see me on that day, I can't say, well, I'm sorry. That's my day off. Right. I'm a shepherd. I'm a pastor. Right. Mm. They don't exist to serve me and my schedule. God's called me to serve them. Yeah. So that's just kind of a philosophy of ministry. And my wife is uh, supportive of that by and large. I mean, she could nag me, but she doesn't. And she understands. Um, it's uh, it's never bothered me to do that because, honestly, um, I don't I don't like I can't sit still and I get bored if I'm not doing something. Yeah. So so I I do things like that occasionally, but but uh, so I'm not sure I balance. It's elusive and I and I think it's a myth, don't you? This whole yeah. idea of of uh, th- that you're always taught when you're a pastor. I mean, Jesus first, family second, church third. I think that's that's a myth. Yeah. On on balance, I think it's the right parameters, but yeah. I think so much of that is dictated by the seasons right. of of ministry and of our lives. I mean, there have been times like when my dad died and he lived in Mississippi and I was up in Kansas City area. I mean, I just had to give some extended time to deal with family stuff. Yeah. And the same way, you know, around our house, moving kids to college or or whatever, but then there are seasons in church and ministry where I just got to give more time mm-hmm. there. And uh, my family's always been really understanding of yeah. the seasonal thing. The deal is I've got to, I've got to make sure I make that up. Yeah, you know, yeah. in some way. 
or another. Not, and I haven't always done that very well. Dad used to tell me when I was in seminary, of course, I was going to seminary full-time. My wife was teaching school full-time. Uh, I was working, you know, quote unquote, part time as a youth pastor. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not much part time ministry anywhere. Uh, and was a graduate assistant for a professor for a couple of years there, grading papers and mm-hmm. helping all that stuff. And then also sang in a traveling worship band. Oh, uh, we do some things. And so I look back on that time and think, okay, how in the world do we get all this stuff done? I'm no sleep is how and then we had two kids yes. you know our last two years yeah. there and it's then incredible. working on a master's thesis as well so a lot of that stuff and dad would in those busy seasons he would say look he said you're gonna lay down every night wondering not if you neglected something but what you neglected uh either family ministry school something mm-hmm. you know and he said the key is to not neglect the same things over and over and over. Dad's a wise man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, mm-hmm. And it's and, and you know it was funny when we interviewed him for the podcast. He when we were talking about some of this stuff, he he said, well, he said, I guess I did okay. He said my son's sitting here, so he can you know correct me. Yeah. But he said the fact that he's in ministry now, and I didn't turn him off for ministry, mm-hmm. you know, says a lot. I said, it, you know, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And my two kids You're love Jesus way. in the church and yeah. they're raising their kids the same way. Yeah. And yeah. that's all we prayed for and wanted. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's the telling thing. That it is. It is. It really is. Because there, there, there are a lot of guys that can't say that. Yeah. And it's not always, you know, kids make their own decisions, they growing do. up kids. And, yeah. And, you, you know, it's not, I don't always want to say, well, if the pastor had just spent more time or, because right. who knows? That, exactly. Who knows? But Some do, kids just make a bad decision. I do think yeah. it's easy for pastors, though, to say, hey, I balance it all really well. Mm-hmm. But then their kids go, mm, no. That's right. <laughs> or whatever, you know. So yeah. I think it is, it is kind of validating to have people outside of you who are in your immediate family saying, no, you, dad, you did well, you know. Because, yeah. It is hard growing up in a pastor's home, and that generational thing that you talk about is very fascinating. I don't know if you guys have, with the with the passing of Billy Graham recently, uh, some things have come out just kind of about his schedule and his life, and that's actually, you know, another generation for mm-hmm. me than your generation. That's right. Yeah. Right. And I think that's kind of my grandfather's generation of guys that almost when they put God number one and family second, like ministry and God are almost equated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got that from reading some of Billy, the articles about Billy Graham, not to say anything negative about Billy Graham, right. but, but that it, 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 he almost viewed his call as his relationship with God. So mm-hmm. it always took priority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was kind of fascinated by that perspective and generational difference mm-hmm. yeah. have, have you guys seen anything about that what do you think about yeah. that what are thoughts that came to y'all about that i'm just curious well and, and i think you know i think all of us struggle with that yeah i had a chance to sit down and have lunch with henry blackaby you know one time mm-hmm. and and uh one there were about four or five of us at the table and one of the guys asked him and said you know dr blackaby said you seem to have this deep walk with christ and he said, you know, I start my morning with my time with the Lord. And he said, it seems like by noon I'm yelling at my wife, yelling at the kids and all this stuff. And so he asked Henry, he said, you know, how do you maintain this throughout the day? And he kind of laughed. And he said, you're just assuming that I do. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, I'll give you an example from this week. He said, he said, my wife and I arise very early. And he said, so we have lunch about 10 or 1030. And he said, she's fixing lunch. And he said, I don't know. We were having a conversation. Something she said didn't sit right with me. And I snapped at her. And he said, immediately, God convicted me and said, Henry, you should not have done that. You need to, you need to apologize and make that right. And he said, so what I've learned is that it's not about getting it right all the time, but it's about being close enough to Jesus so he can point out where you missed it mm-hmm. so That's you can good. fix it. That's good. And he said, the closer you are to Jesus, the quicker and more readily you will listen when he gives those rebukes. And so uh, I, that was conversation was 
14 years ago mm-hmm. and i i still never forget that. that yeah never yeah. forget that understand why and uh and because he's so right and all of us we put so many guys on a pedestal and mm-hmm. you know and he would say you, know, you would say well i this balance is a myth nobody can do this you know i can't do this and yeah it's and, a uh, it's elusive i think yeah. it's a constant struggle i think it's a healthy struggle and i yeah. think the key thing is that it, we maintain the struggle with that mm-hmm. and yeah. not just give in yeah yeah i think maybe that's where guys lose their families when they just give in yeah and they refuse to and a season becomes the becomes life. the life the lifestyle yeah yeah and and you understand because yeah. you know if they're succeeding at church they're getting all these pats on the back and when they come home it's like well when are you going to take out the garbage in the lawn needs mode and when are you going to spend any time with me where's a person going to gravitate to where they're getting all the strokes exactly exactly and and so wow. so it's you know it's 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 a challenge but one thing that helps me it's always helped me in the two churches I've pastored is that uh, um, the churches both in both churches encourage me you know they ha- they have a value that I take care of family when yeah. I first went to hot springs one of the first things that happened we had Keith Parks who was then president of the international mission or foreign mission board then yeah came to speak at our church at our annual missionary thing you've been to mm-hmm. that before Dave yeah and um, my son had a junior varsity football game that same night I chose the football game yeah. And I thought, you know, it's early on. Just need to get the cards on the table. You know, here at Hot Springs, that some of the things when my kids are still at home. He was a sophomore in high school at that time. Yeah. Um, and I received two or three notes from people. Just said, I learned everything I needed to know about you when you made that choice oh, for your for great. your son. Wow. I'm sure there were some who thought I was had done the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I really regret that I didn't hear Keith Parks. I mean, I did get to meet him and all. Yeah. But. Uh, but I think there are things like that that send the message in the churches then encourage pastors to do that. And if a church knows a pastor is a hard worker, oh, sure. then they're, much, they're, they're not going to be nagging on you about, why aren't you up here? Yeah. Why did I see your car at home in the driveway at, you know, at <laughs> yeah. 1.30? You should have been back at work. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's just, when it works both ways, yeah. I think mm. it's really healthy. The church encourages the pastor. The pastor works hard. Yeah. And all of that. So. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right. So talk about some of the things that you think have contributed to your long tenure, not just at First Baptist, but I guess the two places you've been. Yeah. You've been there. You've been both places. I mean, just thinking about a resume, that would be just a really short, you could fit, your resume could fit on three by five note card. You've been to two, you know, this. I don't even know the last time I put together a resume. (laughs) Could you do one if you had to? I don't know. I I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Talk talk about some of the things that have contributed to that. How much is that where you've been? How much is that you set out to do? Did you set out to do that? Okay. Just talk about how much of it is you, how much is the place. Well, as uh, as a friend once told me who had had a long tenure, he said the number one reason for a long tenure is no pulpit committees. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, So... I say that in jest, but but my my philosophy from when I got into uh, ministry was that uh, moving me was God's business, not my business, yeah. and that I would just work where I was until God made some clear um, movement toward me that it was time to consider a move. Yeah. And so I've never initiated getting a job. I've never sent my resume well i've looked a few times at what churches might be opening <laughs> yeah. thought, you know, please yeah but uh but it just hadn't worked out that way for me yeah. you know i mean uh, so so part of that's my philosophy of ministry and i've also you know i i, I like to lead a church i don't just want to go there and preach i like to lead a church to do things and accomplish things and I've told both the churches where I served, we built stuff and, you know, bought stuff and remodeled stuff and and added property and staff and whatnot. And I've always told them both, both churches, I said, now, if I'm leading you into some, if we're going to assume some debt, I will not leave, God willing, barring some some God act, Right. I will not leave until that debt's paid off because we are in this together. Yeah. Hmm. And so... Uh, so, you know, those are, that's just sort of my philosophy. So I think that has something to do with staying. Yeah. I think a lot of guys could stay a whole lot longer at churches than they do. And honestly, I think there are guys who are who are this close. I know this is radio. You can't see it. I've got yeah. my, my thumb and my index finger close together yeah. who are this close to turning a corner in the church that they serve. Yeah. But they just they, they bail. They yeah. bail too soon. 
they're right at the finish line hmm. for success and they just can't hang on anymore and they look for something else yeah so yeah. so i would encourage anybody listening you know think think you're at a, a red light waiting for a green light instead of you're at a green light waiting for a red light when it comes to moving yeah assume god has you where he wants you until yeah. until he says it's yeah. time to go mm-hmm. i mean that's that's me i don't fault people who move it's god moves people around yeah. but that's my philosophy another thing i think that's helped me stay a long time is i've never pastored a church in a dying community mm. yeah if i did i'm sure i would have moved several times <laughs> i mean you yeah. have to because yeah. you know the people the factories are closing people are moving out not moving in yeah. churches can't pay you enough to support your family and you know you've got kids growing up you got to think of college i mean you gotta you gotta think of of providing for your family so i've been in one a explosive suburban community in suburban kansas city just grew like crazy i mean we'd have had to have handled snakes and done <laughs> incantations to keep the church from growing where i was in missouri and in in hot springs though it it's not a grow because of that yeah sacrifice goats and stuff but, <laughs> but uh but and hot springs is a stable community the yeah. population hasn't changed much in the 23 years i've been there uh, but but it also doesn't decline. You know, it's a stable community, and it's the hub of a pretty pretty uh, active county with yeah. Hot Springs Village close by, and sure. and it's kind of the place to come to. So yeah. so anyway, th- those are a couple of things. Um, I I don't try to be somebody I'm not. I think that's that's helped me. Uh, I don't pretend. I've never pretended before people, even in the interviewing process, that I have my act together. Yeah. You know, so I don't try to set myself up as super pastor or you call me, your troubles are over, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the, you know, the Messiah Junior. Uh-huh. I've never set myself up like that. And uh-huh. and so I think that helps. You know, I don't try to be the pastor across town whose church is growing faster than ours. I don't try to be the guy on TV. You know, right. I just I, I try to be comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, I think that that helps. Um, one part of my philosophy is instead of focusing on changing churches i my focus is to change the church i'm in yeah and um you know that that way i'm not always looking my eyes are here you know they're here in the church they're not looking what's on the landscape where could i go what might be popping out there yeah um so so i try to change the church i'm in and another thing I, i remember that the church is jesus church it's not mine yeah um without him it would be a mess you know, I've, I I envision myself on Judgment Day, and the Lord saying, "Well, McCallum, you know, I gave you a pretty good gig at Hot Springs, and you didn't screw it up. <laughs> well done." <laughs> and, I'm like, and I would be like, "Well, you know, the reason I didn't is because it's your church, and you did it." That's right. That's right. So um, I also remember that I'm not all that, and and uh, you know, I've got a lot of room to grow, and I and I never forget that. I can't ask people to do things I won't do. So, you know, no menial job or whatever needs to be done. I mean, I'm, I do it. I try to do that as a modeling kind of thing, you know. Uh, I keep my relationship with God fresh. I try to, so that I'm working from His power instead of my own. Yeah. Um, so that I'm more attentive, maybe, more tuned to His voice than I would be if I was ignoring Him or neglecting Him. Mm-hmm. What, what do your weekly rhythms look like on that right there? Just for some of our church planners who are establishing some things. Okay. You know, here's here's some weekly rhythms that have worked for me in my keeping relationship with God fresh. What would okay. that look like practically for you? All right. Um, well, for me, um, every day uh, begins in it with the lord mm-hmm. scripture prayer i rise i get up really early and um i my my first place is to go to the lord uh what reading time, what time do you get up um my alarm's a 417 420 alarm and i get up and i immediately you 417 know, yeah that's what it is that right now specific. I, I know. well <laughs> that's what it went off this morning i tried to have 420 but when i said it i guess i stopped it three three beats too soon yeah but it's just been that way for years but i made a yeah. commitment a long time ago i think maybe after i got serious with jesus the senior when he called me to ministry mm-hmm. after right after graduating from high school and uh, i just said i'm gonna lord I'm, i commit you know i'm gonna meet you every morning of my life Mm-hmm. And and I'm I I think I could probably count on two hands or less the number of times that I haven't kept that yeah. commitment. I mean it's not you know there's not always fireworks and daisies. I mean sometimes it's 
it's just plodding through. Sometimes it's just pure obedience and discipline. Yeah. But that's okay because I think that pays off over time. Sure. You know, and that, that says to the Lord, I'm showing up for duty even if my heart's not in it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm showing up for duty. I'm going to say, when you call row here, you know, I may not bring much else, but I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so, so that's, that's what I do. I, I spend time in the scripture. You know, I do different plans year to year, what I'm doing with my scripture reading. Yeah. Uh, this year, I'm just focusing on the New Testament. And I'm, I'm, I've got a plan that I'm doing that can get me through the New Testament twice, but I can't read a chapter. I sometimes will go, I try to read it more in blocks. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm doing that this year. And then I take my dog for a walk. Um, I mean, I pray over the scripture I'm reading, whatever comes to my mind out of that for the church, for my family, for me, whatever, pray the scriptures. And then I take my dog for a walk and that's where, where I, I, uh, just, uh, try to be quiet before the Lord. I have a kind of an agenda, and if he doesn't have business to do with me or I, I work out my agenda, like Mondays, I, I pray over all the folks I know have need, mm. you know, in the church, cancer, divorce, marriage, mm. um, grief, money, whatever. I just pray over those people. Um, Tuesdays, I usually I pray specifically for our staff and their families. Mm. Um, Wednesday um, is the day when I pray over our Wednesday night activities you know that's a day when i really try to maybe talk less and try to be more quiet and listen more Mm. thursdays i pray for our nation and and for our city and our county and uh, our politicians and pray for revival i wish i was like you know that's why i thank god for people like bill elif i'm praying for revival i'm thinking i'm so glad there's people like bill out there and others who are praying every day for this because i don't always think to do that yeah Mm. Fridays, I pray for my family very specifically. I pray for them every day like everybody does, but Friday is kind of a focus. Saturday, I pray for all of our mission points and missionaries that I know, and that's when I pray for guys like you. I mention you on Saturdays. And then Sunday, I just focus on praying for for the church service, our staff, and then our our uh, the people in our city and the guys in the state I know, and the get my friends in ministry. I just use that time to pray for them. So that's sort of my weekly rhythms yeah. of prayer. Some quiet, some talk, some not talk. Sometimes yeah. my mind wanders. Yeah, you know, but yeah. that's okay. I don't worry so, about that. It's a relationship, man. It's just you yeah. know. It's okay. One of the mm-hmm. things Bill said that I've been chewing on and been wrestling with, because uh, I'm I've got a whole lot of ADD in me. I've got so, some in me too. Yeah, yeah. and so so trying Not to really as much as you. I want to go <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need medication yet. I, I heard somebody somebody who was it? I don't remember who it was the other day. Um, I don't remember who I was talking to. Somebody. Oh. Um, uh, Wyman Richardson uh-huh. was talking to Tyler Tarver, who oversees the OBU campus at New Life, and Tyler's longtime friend was a part of our church plant, Little Rock, and and uh, he asked uh, Wyman. He said, "You know, how does how does a convention handle a guy like Dave? <laughs> <laughs> how can he work there? Well, they can't have too many days. You know, it's just one of those things. So, uh, but you know, Bill talked about having a plan. You know, mm-hmm. every time he got with the Lord, so it's either Bible reading plan, a prayer plan. That's one of the things he's taught me about prayer is to, you know, when I pray, have a time, you know, that I'm praying for specific things and a time to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then he said, I also have a spot that I go to. You have a spot I that do. you go to? I do for my scripture reading and yeah. kind of for my dog walking. You know, I walk yeah. the dog because I want to walk. The dog likes to walk. The dog never says a thing to me on the... <laughs> So, so you know, he's not he's not a distraction. You need a more talkative dog. Yeah, you know, he's not like, well, what do you think about the game last? You know, my dog never says anything to me, so it's not a distraction. Yeah. And plus, you know, dogs they like to stop and sniff all the time, so yeah, it's just you know, it's just peaceful. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's quiet, and it's really early in the morning, and yeah. there's nobody up, and nobody's out, and it's dark, and it's nice. Yeah. And so that that's where that's my spot. Yeah, yeah. Those are my spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I'm working on my spot uh, right now. I've got an office, uh, you know, in our house, and got a lot of books and my desk in there. But I've built a kind of a stand up desk, uh, and and so that's become on this table, and that's my spot. Mm-hmm. I sit there because I need to stand up. If I sit down, I'll go back to sleep. Gotcha. And, yeah. Uh, so I'll stand up, and that's kind of becoming my spot. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think you know. I would suggest any of these guys listening who have kids. I'd say get a spot where your kids can see you. 
Yeah. Because I never realized this, but when my kids were older, they both said, yeah, that when we were making a move sometime, oh, that's dad's Bible reading chair. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I never thought about it at the time, but when They're they look back, they, they, they just they have a memory yeah. of their dad in, in the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just, I know you want to get in your closet, but sometimes leave the door cracked so your kids can see you. Yeah, yeah. I think that pays dividends for the future. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. That's great. Um, you want me to talk more about the tenure thing? or Sure. Okay. All righty. Um, so I knew you'd have a lot to yeah, contribute Yeah, and here. I'm overprepared. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. Um, I, another thing that I think's helped me is I love the church family as they are, not as I wish they were. Yeah. You know, I accept them as they are. I want them to accept me as I am. Yeah. And so I have to return the favor. Yeah. That means it's, it can be messy and it can be okay if their lives are a mess. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to love them and yeah. try to stand by them. Yeah. And so so to me, that that's I, I try to bring it every Sunday. I, I, am, I do not, I'm not satisfied for, well, I just didn't have time to get ready for this Sunday. I'll just do the best. I, I That, no, if I have to stay up till midnight, all, you know, I bring it every Sunday. Yeah. I want them to know that when they come, it may stink, but at least it was worked on. It was hard work. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I try to use my influence and power to serve others rather than myself. Yeah. I try to steward whatever God's given me. And over 23 years, he gives you some gravitas and he gives you some influence. Yeah. Mm. Not just in the church, but in the community. Sure. And so I, I really try, I want so desperately to steward that for the benefit of others. Yeah. And not... not to advance myself um i try not to let either praise or criticism uh linger long in my head yeah you know i'm like everybody else if i hear 10 praise and one criticism that's the one i'll think about at the end of the day but as i've gotten older oh getting older really helps you in a lot of these things it really does it really Uh, does you get to where you don't care so much what they say and you you're you're so comfortable in your own skin it's like well that's their problem yeah you know (laughs) i mean i do try to learn from it and there have been times when i've god's sent that person yeah to me to get Mm. me to give me his word sure i'll never forget i'd moved here i wasn't happy with the move to hot springs i it's a long story you know i said no the first time (laughs) it's the whole call situation is really interesting Uh we don't have to go there unless you want to but this is great (laughs) you want to go there well i mean just keep going do your thing okay well anyway i'll 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 try to to keep it really brief yeah okay Um, I was at a church that was growing like crazy, but, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe. And then my friend Ray Higgins, who was pastor at that time at Second Baptist in Little Rock, yeah. he and I were best friends in college, yeah. he uh, he gave the guy at Hot Springs my name, uh, the, the search committee chairman. And so they contacted me, and I thought, oh, I don't know. Hmm. But uh, but anyway, uh, I'd been there, you know, 13 and a half years at, Hot Spr- at uh, Greenwood, Missouri, suburban Kansas City. And wow. And it was growing like crazy. I mean, we did Sunday school classes in the hallways. We were just couldn't keep up. Yeah. And um, um, and Hot Springs are like, I had some people telling me, oh, it's just a bunch of old people. They don't want to do anything. <laughs> they haven't done anything forever. They don't want to do anything. Yeah. And so I had all this in my ear, and it's time to come and view of a call. And I said, well, okay, but I want you to know, if we come and view of a call, this is part of my decision-making process. This is not a... A for sure thing. Yeah, I'm. I may not be able to give you an answer, if you know Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Okay. And so they let me live with it, and then I called the guy up Tuesday, and I said, I just can't do it. My wife said, you should do this. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, Holy, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh, she said, you should do she it. She said, we, should, said we no. should do this. I think you're missing it. And I'm like, I just don't think I can do that. Yeah. You know, I'm, we just need to reinvest here. And but I was not at peace, and I had a guy from an old retired minister from Hot Springs call me up, H. C. Crosland. He was a retired guy from Illinois. He'd moved to Hot Springs, and he said, "You know, I really wish you'd reconsider. We, I think you're what we need." And I'm like, "Oh gosh, well maybe I should." And so I, I laid out a fleece or two, and God honored that. And uh, so I told the chairman, I said, "Yeah, I'd be." Uh, if you're still open, it's about a month later. Oh wow! I said, if you if you still are interested, I think I'd be. If you if you will have me, I will come. He said, Well, we've never had anything like this. We'll have to. So they voted, and the first time there was one against me. So the opposition doubled on the second vote. Yeah, <laughs> there was two. Yeah. But you know, I'm thinking, okay, so you call a guy who's already said number one, he can't listen to the Holy Spirit very well, and number two, he can't make a decision. <laughs> 
Follow me. I'm your yeah, new leader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm your guy. And been there 23 years. Yeah. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Love but in it. the process, one of the ways God sp- speaks into my life, and I, I really try to listen for his voice through other people. Uh-huh. I was at a state convention meeting. Tommy Good. Did you ever know Tommy Good? He worked I, here I for a while. I don't know who he is. Was, yeah, I don't. I'd been here maybe a year, yeah. maybe a year and a half, and I was grousing to him. I knew him from Missouri. He had served uh-huh. in Missouri when I was up there, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you're ever going to like it down here. It's just, you know, whining like a baby. And he looked at me and he said, well, you're here now. And God might as well have just uh, hit me upside the head, you know, with the two before, because that's what I needed to hear. You're here now. Yeah. And that's when I was emotionally able to move myself to Hot Springs. Yeah. And invest more fully. I mean, we were doing some good stuff already, but now I could invest emotionally, and because and, and God spoke through one of His servants, yeah, you know, yeah, to me, He never, He doesn't realize what He, yeah. how God spoke to me through Him. My last wow. two ministry moves, I said no, uh, and then what had to you? come back. One of them was here. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, well, Sonny called and yes. he said, "I said I don't want to come work for the state convention. I, you know, I just that's not on yeah. my radar. Arch the." I'd said no to the church I was at and then called him back, if you'll have me. Same story. Yeah. And then God just tripled the church within four years. I mean, we were just blowing the doors out, trying to find places to put people. Yeah. And so Sonny calls, and I'm like, no, I'm not. Would you pray about it? No, I won't pray about it. <laughs> well, Dave, that's not even Christian to not pray about it. And uh, and God finally, I was coming home from a hospital visit in Tulsa, just spending some time in prayer, and God said, you're being disobedient. Wow. And uh, and my wife had already told me. I think you need to look at this. Yeah, she, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, it was Swin so Swindoll who said the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds so much like your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it much, does in my home. So much of the time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she, yeah, she. I mean, she knew both both times when I when I said no to Midland and we came back. I sitting at dinner one night I said I think I made a mistake and she goes finally because <laughs> it was just I mean she's just so great but yeah. but God just you know he he blesses us in spite of ourselves he sometimes does. That's, the, that's our only hope it is yeah it's our only hope yeah and August will be 14 years here yeah that's and incredible no and you've done great work with. here and you've really blessed the state it's in been, so many ways been good. I think of all these church planners that uh you know, you've given opportunity to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, it's it's been it, it's it's just been good. I, I yeah. feel like I found a niche, you know, and and it, just some things that God did in the past that kind of prepared for this time, this mm-hmm. season, and uh, uh, it's been great. You know, and there've been there've been opportunities. You know, churches have called, and you know, hey, mm-hmm. would you consider and. And 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 I try and you know pray diligently. I don't want to make that same mistake again and just say no without praying. And, sure. But just there there hasn't been. Yeah. This is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Just you just know it, that calling. You know, and like you said a while ago, until Jesus says it's time to move, you, you can't yeah. move. Man. Yeah. And, and the uh, calling is everything. It is. I it mean, is. that's the foundation. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you were in Kansas City mm-hmm. when this kind of came up. Mm-hmm. And you kind of said, let's reinvest here. That was your first thought. Yes. Were you feeling some type of restlessness to leave I was. Kansas City? Yeah, okay. I was 37, 38 years old yeah. at the time. And, you know, probably starting a little midlife. And that was such, I mean, I've never worked harder in my life. I mean, the way that church grew mm-hmm. and all the decisions we had to make. And I think I was tired. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of let me, let my mind go. Yeah. In those places. So you think around 37, 38, and I'm 37. But, uh, <laughs> you start to question things. Well, I don't know. I do. You know, I yeah. mean, I, if midlife crisis is a real thing, I think yeah. that's the age where sure. it probably starts unfolding when you. And and so, uh, and I was probably starting to feel a little bit like maybe I should do, I should consider someplace else. So. Yeah. yeah. There you, go. I, you know, I think it's then where the invincibility begins to wear off and you realize. Okay, I'm not ten feet tall and bulletproof. Yeah. I can't just do whatever I want to do yeah. anymore. Particularly with kids and 
family and you know, all mm-hmm. the weight of all of that kind of hits you. And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'll be 49 this year. And mm-hmm. so I'm hitting about to hit that 50 mark. I'm, I'm thinking that's midlife crisis because I plan to live to be about 120. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but, uh, I don't think I want to live that long. And I, I, you know, there's too much going on in the world that I just, now I'm not sure I'll let, let my kids handle that, yeah. you know, but, uh, uh, but yeah, you, you know, you do kind of hit a point where, okay, you know, this life just took a different turn. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and so. you know, it's all preparation for the next thing, whatever yeah. God puts you through. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, a couple other quick things. I know you probably want to move on. You know, I show up for work every day, whether I feel like it or not. I think that helps yeah. with tenure. Mm. You, you yes. just keep showing up and before long, 20 years are gone. Yeah, exactly. You know, wow. um, uh, strong staff and volunteer team. I mean, my mm, gosh, yeah. pastors get all the credit, but man, I'm over here eating grapes in a lounge chair, and they're doing all the work. <laughs> yeah. So I really try to encourage them. Bill Newton's feeding them to you, right? Yeah, Bill Newton is a great. <laughs> I, I have wonderful staff members, you say, and we get along you say so grape well. Me? Grape me. And then they just oh, no, that's, know that's kind of a nice. Uh, nice yeah, thing. I'll, I'll float that at staff meeting tomorrow. Yes, I'm I mean, sure that'll go. David Chad said you yeah. need to start feeding me grapes. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the key things that's helped me stay a long time is that uh, I have learned early on to deal with conflict when it arises and never sweep it under the rug, mm-hmm. to take it head on and deal with it. Yeah. And so that, and then there's some other things. And then one thing that I do, I make I make friends with church members. Yeah. I'm telling you, you make friends with church members, it's harder to leave. Yeah. Because you're not just leaving a church, you're leaving your friends. Exactly. And so so it makes the leaving really hard, although I haven't had a whole lot of experience with it. Yeah. But, um, but it's uh, so. I think some of the worst advice that ministers get is not to make friendships in their ministry. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's some yeah. of the worst. It leads to isolation. It just doesn't lead to good places. Yeah, yeah. and that's a really old school thing yeah. that yeah. that has kind of filtered down. But it seems like that's really going away now. It, it is. Yeah, I, I think you have like you know uh, just talking with them earlier. You know, City Church in Sherwood. You know, when they planned it. I mean, that whole team. I mean, they do everything together. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are, and then the people they're reaching, they they incorporate into their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Paul, you know, First Thessalonians, you know, two yeah. eight is, you know, we sought not only to impart the gospel of Give God to ourselves. you, but our own lives yeah. as well, because you become yeah. very dear to us. And uh, that that was a very important verse to me early on. And Dad mm-hmm. modeled that as well. Uh, we always had great friends, you know, in the church, families in the church. Yeah. And, and, uh, and and Pete Scazzaro talks about that in Emotionally Healthy Leader. You need those kind of relationships. I think you got to have them. And yeah. most people, I don't think most people resent that. I mean, yeah. There might be a few that, yeah. that resent it. But I, I've never experienced the resentment. That's yeah. probably their problem, like you said. Well, yeah, yeah you know? it is. Now, it when is. I was younger, I would have been more worried yeah. about that but, yeah. Yeah. than I am now. But, but, yeah, I think that would be more like more of their problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, one other th- quick thing yeah. is we, we try to... We try not to do the same year of ministry every year. Yeah. You know, we, we, we have some values, and so each year we pick a value or two and say this year in the fall we're going to emphasize this one, in the spring we're going to emphasize this one. And so every year we do a lot of the same things, but it still has a little different feel, and it always feels like we're moving forward. Yeah. The, the yeah. ship's out in the open sea and not yeah. just anchored in the harbor. Yeah, that's so. great. That's great. Well, let's let's two things, and we'll we'll wrap up. One, if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners, and we've got planters, pastors, mm-hmm. youth pastors, mission pastors, and a lot of guys that you know are staff, different staff positions, and some you know lay leaders as well. If you give one piece of advice, you know what would you say? You know, to our okay, listeners? I thought about that, and I've jotted just it's just it's a little more than one thing. You can't ask an old guy to do one thing. <laughs> yeah. I would say. I would say to anyone listening, you are doing a noble thing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Be who God made you to be. Stay in step with Jesus. You are a shepherd doing shepherd work, so do not forget that you are a servant. Yeah. Work hard. Don't let the disappointments get you down. And traffic in hope. Mm. Leave people that you are with with some hope. Yeah. Whether it's in worship or in a hallway conversation or in a hospital room or in counseling session yeah wow. or john maxwell say one time he said my goal each day is to add value to the lives of everybody i meet wow and i thought 
Well, that's a that's a great statement. Yeah, yeah and really uh, that'll carry you a long way and cover a, a whole lot of messes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so, which we're well, very it's capable. That, of. It's that whole you know you make deposits and you make withdrawals. Yeah. And as long as you got the deposits in great shape, the occasional screw up and with you know flub up and people forgive you. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. always believed if you grace people. They'll grace you when you need it. Right. And that's always been my experience right. in the family. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, here's our last segment. This is the important stuff right the here. Burning I mean, the burning questions, as we say. Uh, rapid fire. And... Uh, <laughs> Everybody makes that same face. It's exactly the same face. Like and uh, on a lemon a little bit. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> this makes me nervous. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so top one or two books have had most impact on you. Okay, really hard to answer that question because I read widely. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I'm not a Wyman Richardson who is. Yeah, but uh, but I read widely. Um, so I, I, I kind of categorize real quickly: devotion, theology, knowing God. Obviously, I'm sure mm. others have said that. Just yeah. formative in mm. early in my life. I've read that two or three times. I'm reading one now by Fleming Rutledge called The Crucifixion, which is uh, the only book I've ever read where the introduction was worth the cost of the book. Wow. It oh, is wow. incredible. Yeah. On the Cross of Christ. I'm reading it during Lenten season here, mm. and really, really enjoying. Anything Eugene Peterson writes about pastoring should be read by every pastor, mm. yeah. whether you're a church planner or, or whatever. Mm. Um, uh, and in spirituality, something like Foster Celebration Discipline, classic book. Yeah. To something as little edgy like Mike Iaconelli's Dangerous Wonder. Yeah. Wow. Incredible yeah. book. I love that book. Yeah. All right. What about your biggest strength oh, and man. weakness in ministry? Biggest strength, I think, is that I love people. I love my job. I like what I do. I like being a pastor. I think that's a strength. I'm decent at. I'm decent at everything i maybe not great at anything but you know i'm decent at everything so like i said i try to balance all those those things within the ministry uh but probably just people know i care about them yeah and i think that's critical for a shepherd biggest weakness i'm an introvert so um, i'm not i'm not a great personal evangelist i'm not a great counselor you know, I'm the Bob Newhart counselor. Well, stop it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just stop it. Yes. Jim uh, Carrey and Liar Liar, quit breaking the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so I'm not a, I don't feel like I'm a, a great counselor, and I don't feel like I'm a great person. Those would be mm. weaknesses. And, I, yeah. and some of that stems from introversion. Some yeah. of it just stems from yeah. giftings. Yeah, yeah. You know? Favorite pastime hobby? Uh, fitness. Yeah, uh, it's my stress relief, mm-hmm. it, and, and honestly, for me, it's part of my spiritual walk. It's part yeah. of my spiritual disciplines yeah. to take care of the the temple yeah. and the spirit. We've talked about that if you think your physical, emotional, and spiritual and relational, if you think all that's disconnected, you're fooling yourself. That's yeah. right. You, yeah. you know, you're and, absolutely and I correct. Think, I think you know you're making that connection that. Your yeah. physical is what gives you the capability to yeah. do what you do. So it does. Awesome. I think it helps me be in for the long haul because yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm generally taking care of my body, yeah. you know, so that I'm not sick all the time. Praise yeah. the Lord. I mean, it could happen tomorrow, but, you know, so far so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, stress um, is the biggie. Yeah, and, and exercise releases stress yeah. for me. It, yeah. It's a stress relief. I like reading or like writing, and I, I play golf once in a while when I can. Yeah. Not often, a few times a yeah. year. But yeah. What about your favorite movie besides Groundhog Day? Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> uh, again, just too hard to pick one. Um, old movies, I like The Searchers, John Wayne, The Searchers. I think that's yeah. one of his best movies. It's different yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Gump, you know, I love the creativity of that when yeah. that came out. I love, I'm a World War II history buff. My dad was in the war and my uncles were in the war. Mm-hmm. And so have a lot of interest in that. So I like that genre. Uh-huh. And of course, Saving Private Ryan, just the spiritual dimensions of that movie. Yeah. The many for the one instead of the one for the many, mm-hmm. like yeah. Jesus. And, yeah. uh, and then when I need to be reminded that what I do matters even though i can't see i watch mr holland's opus oh that's a good one every pastor ought to watch that once in a while yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's a good one uh favorite band or musician well i'm a 60s 70s kid so probably the beatles my favorite all-time band yeah um like neil diamond and john denver like that folk music kind of thing too yeah you know moms and papas stuff like that yeah uh christian stephen curtis chapman yeah i'm not a 
great big Christian music fan actually, but but I but I really like Stephen Curtis yeah. Chapman. Yeah. Uh, he he writes out of his experience that's yeah. mingled with deep and rich and yes. true theology. Yes. 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 yes, yes, and it just always it always grabs me by the heart. Yeah, yeah. And he's written a lot of good songs for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. he has. Yeah. He's longevity and ministry there. Yeah, so. 80s is when I first started listening yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good quality stuff for a long That's time. That's two Beatles in a row, by the way. That is, oh, really? yeah. Neil Cole was Neil Beatles. Really? And Led Zeppelin. And Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a little bit of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan, yeah. too. Are you? What's your favorite song? Uh, uh, when the Levee Breaks is my favorite all-time song. Okay. I just heard the other day that Robert Plant said Cashmere was his favorite song, which is, I love that one too. Yeah. But, uh, I like, uh, Immigrant Song. Yeah. Living Lovin'. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are some good ones. Is your favorite song, Dave, on the B side of a hidden track somewhere? No, when the Levee Breaks was a hit <laughs> well, for them. I'm just usually, you know, now it's here's, too mainstream okay. if it's All right. Now, here, okay, You're here's probably where I'm an ACDC guy too, aren't you? Black no, Sabbath, see, all that's, that? oh, that's You're way too mainstream. Guy? No, I'm a hard rock guy, just not ACDC guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so. They're too well liked. I have a story them. about them <laughs> yeah. I could tell you that would define my musical taste, but that would take too long. But here, I saw, here's, okay, when the Levee Breaks, my favorite Led Zeppelin song let me go off mainstream here robert plant and allison krauss did a crossroads episode together where she sang when the levee breaks mm. it's one of the most hauntingly beautiful renditions i've ever heard her voice is unbelievable just so yeah. i've been trying yeah. to find a recording of that you just you can't find it because it's a it was a live tv thing wow. uh-huh. but but she, he covered some of her stuff and she covered some of his stuff and she did wow. when the levee breaks and i'm just it was mesmerizing uh, how beautiful that was and just just this haunting it's a haunting you know song anyway mm-hmm. but uh oh man just incredible so there's my off the mainstream yeah <laughs> you know take yeah. there with that well, i'm really eclectic i mean i like I like the the Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. Yeah, you know I like all of that stuff. Yeah, King Cole. I, I yeah. like a little country. Yeah, never been a hard rock guy. Yeah, though. see, I'm a I am a hard rock and metal guy. Yeah, and uh, but but not it's not the mainstream stuff. It's yeah. just it's got to be. There's I'm a I'm ADD, so I get bored with music if it's you know if there's not substance there somewhere. And yeah. So simple music is fine if there are lyrics that carry weight. You yeah, know, and yeah. I find, you know, complexity you know, in different places. Uh, but I love progressive rock, you know, Yes mm-hmm. and Rush and mm-hmm. some of those bands that the musicianship is just yeah. I mean, staggering. You know, you just, you're yeah, just in awe. Yeah, I think awe. Bill Newton kind of likes some of that stuff, yeah, too. I think yeah. you guys probably share yeah. a little bit of that in common. Yeah, yeah. yeah he always yeah. tells me groups he likes. I'm like, I never even heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap up. And, John, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us. Me. This is good. So good. And, uh, folks, thanks for listening. And uh, um, let's see. By the time this airs, uh, I'm trying to think. Neil Cole still hasn't happened yet. So, April, yeah, yeah, April 19th and 20th. Yeah. Big deal coming up. So, yeah. just want to keep that on your radar. First Farmington on the 19th. And City Church City Conway Church. on the 20th. Yeah, it's Thursday, so, Friday. Same event. Yeah, but two locations. Two locations. Yeah. The place it's convenient yeah. for you. So absc.org/slash Neil Cole to register. So check that out and get that on there. And so, uh, so we'll see you next time. And I hope you guys have a great week. Keep grinding. <laughs>